0: Hey y'all! This is uh, the seventh episode of the Triple Option Report podcast, and uh, today I got a long, I got a good list of things to talk about: sports, comics, pop culture. Today is mainly just sports and pop culture, so uh, let's go ahead and start it off. Uh, the NBA Finals last night. All right, somewhat back to reality. I mean, all of us reality. So, pretty much again. It goes in line with what I've been saying. Like, we talked about how Jokic, they let him score, but didn't let him distribute. Well, he did that. 10 assists, and he scored. 32 points. And he rebounded. 21 rebounds. Had a monster game. But again, the 10 assists. That's the most important thing. The players around him started to score. Murray, 34 points. Way better than what he was last game. A key that that was a key reason why they won so comfortably. And the crazy thing was that uh, Gordon and, and 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 KCP and 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 Porter Jr. didn't even go off like that, but they didn't need to. The defense did their job, and the offense did their job. Speaking of defense, on the other side, Kevin Love didn't have as much impact as he had last game. He only played sixteen minutes. Didn't really do much. Butler actually had a, a pretty good game, 28 points. So that's a little concerning for Miami that he actually played good. Uh, Bam did great again, but again, I, just, I guess they just let him score like that in the paint. They've been doing it all playoffs, and it hasn't really all serious. It hasn't really affected them like that except for Game 2. But the the three or four key players that I said after Game 2, that's the reason why Miami has a shot at winning or losing badly. It depends on how good those four players play. Gabe Vincent, Max Shues, Duncan Robinson III, and Caleb Martin. Martin was okay. Duncan Robinson III was non-existent until the fourth quarter, and he was overall fine. Vincent has in foul trouble almost the entire game. It was not good at all. One of six from three, two of ten overall, only seven points. Max Shues was non-existent at all the entire game, only three points. Only one shot made. Yeah, the the offense became very stagnant at the end, especially in the second half because of that. Again, the Heat's offense depends on those four players to open it up, to make it move faster and smoother. If 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 it, if those guys aren't scoring and they're not shooting, then the defense can just stick with what it usually can. What it, its original plan was, pretty much. Like they don't have to double team or or over exert what they're doing to try to get to off-ball movements because the players are shooting the ball if they're not shooting the ball well they can just stick to what they're usually doing and that could shut the whole offense down because outside of just one player, Butler no one else can really make a shot like that consistently so yeah, the, 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 the Nuggets they did what they had to do to win the blueprint, they followed it and if they keep that going then there's really nothing that he can do really it all depends on the supporting cast of the Nuggets making their shots, which they did to a certain extent. Jokic has 10 assists because of that. And the supporting cast of the Heat not making their shots. Slow down their offense. That's why they lost by double figures. And if that keeps on going, then yeah, this could just be a gentleman's sweep. Maybe they get one more win in there and get to six games, but that's about it. Yeah, so everything I predicted for this final is pretty much on point. All right, going to the next topic, sticking with sports, sticking with the NBA, Chris Paul. Okay, that was a shocker to me. It felt really random. Out of nowhere, in the middle of the finals, Chris Paul is waived. And from what I hear, from what I see, it seems like he didn't want to be waived. He wants to stay with the Suns. I don't know what's gonna happen there, and I don't know if he if he does end up getting waived. Who did, What team does he play for? What team would he fit for? Fit on? What contract would he get? Would he be on a vet minimum? Minimum? Would he be on? Uh, I don't know. Could he be shaded. and they stretch out his con his contract? So there's a lot going on there. It's just the beginning, but yeah, pretty intense stuff speaking of players getting released Dalvin Cook Again, did not see that coming. I got well, I could to a certain extent. Still kind of shocking. I mean, I still think he's a good NFL running back if he's healthy. Which yeah, I mean I, I could see his health problems have been a thing. But at the same time, when he's on when he's healthy, when he's on point, He's a beast. Still, I think. Like, you look at his stats. Let's see here. He was out. Well, yeah, look, look at his stats the last, what, four years? Yeah. He's been healthy the majority of the season. He's been really good. Right? Okay. I mean, whoever gets him, probably, that's a bargain, obviously. Like, he could still be an all-pro running back. At least Pro Bowl level. So, yeah, whatever team needs a, a key running back like that can be scary. Watch out. Could the Chiefs get him if that were to happen? Well, okay. Now I can say go ahead and congrat- congratulate the Chiefs on winning another Super Bowl this year. But, I mean, they're already famous to win the Super Bowl this year already. But, yeah, that just make it almost um, not overkill but let's just say a lot of people predict that a lot more than uh, the than the good amount who already are so yeah that's uh that's that topic still sticking to sports we're now going to track and field now I per- personally thought to me because I'm a big fan of track and field and I follow it Last night, as big as the finals were, as, as big as the news about Chris Paul was, to me, one thing that I kept my eye on was how crazy of a night last night it was in the NCAA's track and field championships. Crazy. Some of the fastest times I've ever seen. Like, this, what they were doing last night, they were breaking or tying records, and just the heats and the semis. Not in the finals. Like, uh, The 200-meter dash. The men's 200. Every single person who made that finals... Literally got a personal best... To make it. They literally had to run the fastest they've ever ran... Just to make the finals. A sub-19.8. Look at these times. 19.7.6. 1988, 1994, a national record by Charsis Oregont. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That, wow. 1995, 1998, 1999, 2003, and 21-7. And 22-4. Like, as, yeah, That that that's a loaded field. That's the most loaded I've ever seen for a 200 meter dash final. That was what they ran in the semis. So they can obviously run faster. Like, yeah. This is, uh, these next two days. Well, today, yeah. These next two, three days. Everyone should watch the Stracker Field Championships. Because tonight is going to be mainly on the women's side, and that's loaded. That's going to be super hyped. I would tell everyone to go ahead and... I mean, it's happening right now, but it's mainly stuff in decathlon, heptathlon, which you should still follow because those are loaded fields, too. But that's mainly on ESPN+, Plus, so you got to pay extra for that. But tonight, it'll be on ESPN2. It was on ESPN2 last night. So, yeah, you, you, all you got to do is around 7 o'clock p.m. tonight on ESPN2, if you have that, it's going to be on there. You want you like track and field? You like good times and... and, and Great measurements in Shack and Field. Yeah, you're gonna see it tonight. Like this has been an insane NCAA track and Field season. Not just outdoor, but indoor. Indoor was crazy. The amount of records that were broken. And if there's one key person that I would talk about and focus on during this event. Lady by the name of Britton Wilson. Forged meter hurdles. Could be the next big star in the 400-meter hurdles. If she wants to do that, stick to that. She won the national championships in both the women's 400-meter dash and the women's 400-meter hurdles within a span of an hour. And if anyone who's ever ran track knows how brutal the quarter mile is and how even more brutal the quarter mile hurdles are, to do that in the span of an hour against that top-end competition? Scary. Like, she's, I, personally to me, Sidney McLaughlin's the big star right now in that event, obviously. And, and, and Femke Bowl is obviously right there, too. She'll be right there with them either by this year or next year. Like, yeah, she's going to be putting up generational numbers, too. So, uh, that was on that topic. On to uh, something else. Speaking of last night. I'm going to be a little hyped for. Uh, I saw Dynamite last night. It was good. Wasn't as good as last week. But it would be difficult to be as good as last week. Still pretty good. One thing I'm hyped up though. About is Collision. It's in two weeks. It's going to be on TNT on Saturday nights. it would be very interesting to see how that goes. Like it's going to be going against college football. And. Other stuff like that on Saturday nights. It's, it's going to be interesting how that ha- like, what happens there. But I guess they're not as focused on ratings and stuff like that as they would be Dynamite because of the competition. So they're just doing good enough. And that's cool. But that first main event? CM Punk and FTR versus Samoa Joe, Jewish Robinson, and Jay White. For people who know pro wrestling, that is a huge match. I think I'm predicting it'll be a sellout. I, I, it's going to be a great match. And I'm really hyped about how the rest of the cards going to fill out. And, and I don't think it'll be a crazy brand split like that. I, th- I think there'll be talent. they will be hopping back and forth, which it should be. If you just have a strict 100% brand split. I've seen that so many times with WWE. It, when I was younger, yeah, it doesn't work. Because it just waters down the competition. And it limits the competition. It's, 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 it limits the storylines. It limits everything. So yeah, hopefully it's just like a soft brand split. That's much better. Now, I talked about sports. Talked about pro wrestling. Now in a pop culture, I guess you'd call it pop culture. The new Cartoon Network situation. So there's been news, and it's pretty much official now, that Adult Swim is going to be now starting at 6 o'clock p.m. I grew up during the powerhouse era of Cartoon Network. I guess you could say it the golden age of Cartoon Network. At that time, Adult Swim was only like a small channel block. It started around, what, 10, 11, something like that, like late, late. I had to stay up late to even know what was going on there. Like, now it's gotten so big and Culture Network's gotten so small in recent years. 6 o'clock p.m. I don't know that... little concerning about the future of Cartoon Network with that, honestly. Like, what's it going to be? Like, I don't know. What new shows have they made? I remember growing up, there were so many shows. I, I think the schedule had, like, what, almost 50 shows? On a weekly schedule, like now is down to like, what ten or fifteen something like something way less. It's 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 concerning the lack of shows being made. It's concerning the lack of shows being broadcast on there. And now that the schedule shrinks and shrinks more and more, I'm a little worried about the future of Cartoon with that. Honestly, like it it reminds me you what happened to. Well, yeah, it, it it's not it's it's concerning. And, and the one interesting thing, though, that I liked about the Adult Sim thing, that being moved up to 6 p.m., is that the first hour will be focusing on old Cartoon Network shows. Stuff like Powerpuff Girls and Dexter's Laboratory and Ed and, and Eddie, shows I grew up watching. And so, yeah, I'll definitely be watching that. And I, I, I guess that kind of makes them think about who's watching the channel and, like, which channel is getting more eyeballs on the screen. I guess what they're thinking is millennials are watching Cartoon Network and watching Adult Swim more, so might as well show them shows that they grew up with. And it's going to start as a, like a small hour. Wouldn't be surprised if it grows. And if Cartoon Network, if they can't, I don't know. Could you see it just turn to a, a channel block itself? And then that growing into its own thing? The 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 old cartoon shows becoming, like, its own big channel block itself, like, three to four hours? Or will it just turn to its own channel, like a millennials version of Boomerang? I mean, at this point, we're about as old as Generation X was when Boomerang first came out. A lot of those shows, like uh, He-Man or, or G.I. Joe, or about the same distance to them. At that point, what shows like Kids Next Door and and Ed and Eddie are to us now, so I could see it eventually turn to its own channel like that. Either way, I am concerned about the end game for Cartoon Network in its current form. A lot of those new kids shows—I I don't even know if they're putting out any shows. I like—I haven't seen any hype for any actual brand new series that have been coming out for Cartoon Network lately. Meanwhile, Don't Swim—they're still putting out new content. They're still bringing back new shows. Like, uh... Eric Andre show. It's back. I mean, they're still... He's still somehow getting big enough stars to guest on his show, somehow. Don't know how they're still falling for this. They have John Hamm and Lil Nas X on. At the same time, there's a new show that's been on for the last few weeks called, uh... Unicorn Warriors Eternal. Like, is not... Well, it doesn't seem as big as past shows, but it's phenomenal. It, it, I think we all know the same man who created Samurai Jack made this, and yeah, it's amazing. Like, Cartoon Network is still putting out, I mean, Adult Swim is still putting out new products, new shows constantly. Smiling Friends end up being a huge success. Let's see where that goes in the future. Like, what, what is Cartoon Network putting out? That's new. I haven't seen a single new show in... Almost, it's, I don't know. It feels like forever, honestly. It's kind of sad because... There was this whole era where you could call it almost like a renaissance era. Around the early to mid-2010s where they were putting out new shows consistently. And most, most of them were great. And even some weren't. But the fact that they weren't afraid to put out new product. Now... I haven't heard them put out anything in almost a year, practically. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say I'm concerned, but I keep my eye, eye on this situation in the future. Like, I don't know what the end game is for Cartoon Network. I'll just say this: I wouldn't be surprised if it's not good for Cartoon Network, specifically for Adult Swim. It looks great right now. Future looks. Better than ever. Sue knows. Okay. Staying on Cartoon Network. Specifically Adult... Specifically Adult Swim. Uh... Jay Johnson. What the heck? Now... For y'all who don't know who Jay Johnson is... He's a guy who's been involved with... Multiple television shows that I... I know about. Uh... He's he's an actor and a comedian. He's probably most known for his time with Mr. Show with Bob and David and Sarah Silverman Show, Arrested Development, and recently, Bob's Burgers, where he plays the role of Junior Pesto. Well, he voice cast as Junior Pesto. He was uh, charged with being involved with January 6th insurrection. So, uh, yeah, he's probably. Actually, no. He's not. Probably, he's definitely done. Uh, huh. he's actually, yeah. You know, he, he's 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 his career is his his is finished. Obviously, it's just weird. It's random. Like, why would you risk your career to do this? It's very strange. It's a lot, potentially a lot of money benefits. Just down the drain. A whole career resume down the drain. Just odd. And now with Jimmy Pesto, I I don't know, I guess you're gonna do with him what he did to that dog on the Simpsons back in the day. So uh, yeah, that's it for uh, TV. One more thing I forgot about with sports. Well I know Messi. Sign with Inter Miami. In the MLS. Now, when I heard of this, I thought, oh, okay, a legend of his caliber going to the MLS. Why? Why would Messi, of all people, go to the MLS? This is like, and someone talked about this on Twitter multiple times, and actually a lot, multiple people talked about it. This is like equivalent to almost like LeBron James playing for Barcelona like basketball teams. Or, like, LeBron James playing for the Shanghai Sharks or something. Like, it... Wow. I mean, I know he's gotten older and he's not what he was, but still. <laughs> this is, uh... we have had legends play for MLS and, and early or other, like, lower-level c- promotions. Like, Ronaldo is played in the Saudi League recently. Benzema's got to play in the Saudi League. You've had guys do this before. But, as good as Ronaldo is, Messi very well as the GOAT. And he's playing in the MLS for Inter Miami, who was not even good in the MLS last year. <laughs> I mean, at first, I was confused. I was like, okay, at least the Saudi League, as much as I have my own quorums with this, at least they'll give you a humongous contract. Like I said before, Benson was getting over a $630 million contract. What? MLS isn't giving Messi that contract. So I was wondering why. Finds out. He's going to earn a share of Apple's MLS season pass revenue and get a cut of Adidas profits after his arrival. So yeah, that's why. I'm not going to say it's a slippery slope because I don't see any other soccer player ever getting anything like that. Again, unless they have a career on par with Pele or Messi. But... Still, that is wild. Has that ever happened before? Has it, Has an athlete ever been able to get a share? How about Tom Brady getting a share of like NFL League Pass revenue? Like, that's insane. Wow. Well, okay. Uh, one more thing, though. Of course, you got our uh, big pick, which I didn't do last episode. Sorry about that. But, uh, big pick today, I'm going to go with some track and field events. Mainly one meet. It's a Diamond League Paris meet. It's coming up tomorrow. Diamond League is is a big deal. It's the main international track and field season, well, event of the season. Used to be a better version of it, but not going to go on that uh maybe go on a later episode but who knows so my main predictions i'm looking at the the entries one that stood out was the 400 meter dash for women now cindy mclaughlin she's obviously the greatest 400 meter hurdler of all time for women like might have a case for being the greatest at the end of her career, hurdler ever, I I think she's re- very well on her way to being that. Possibly the greatest second-field athlete ever. Who knows? Just off of sheer feats. How good and how dominant, like her times in, in the 400-meter hurdles are insane. They're as good as, I believe, actually, her, her time, her gold medal-winning time last year at the 2023. 20, I mean, 2022 World Athletics Outdoors Championships in the women's 400-meter hurdles was, as, it was fast enough to not be last place in the finals of the women's 400-meter dash. So her with hurdles, she went as fast, if not faster, with hurdles as almost every woman in the world would without hurdles on a quarter-mile track. That's crazy. I, it's insane. And it felt like you, you'd go even faster. So she's she's dipping her hand in, in dipping her foot in uh the straight no hurdles just straight up for a mere dash and, and who knows. You know, in a regular meet I would say she would win. She's that good. Like she's a unicorn. And she hasn't done a, a quarter mile in years, but even without doing it in years, she still has a fifty point oh seven. That's still faster than multiple people in the field. Despite having not ran a quarter mile since what? 2019, 2018. But at the same time. You know as crazy as that is. There's two ladies in this heat. Who should probably be the favorites. I wouldn't be shocked if McLaughlin won. She's that good. But. Those two women who you should not. It would be disrespectful. To not call them the two favorites. The world leader right now. Paulino. From Dominican Republic. 48.98. 48.98. She's been getting faster and faster. She's been a, a gold medal contender for the last two, three years, practically at this point. It would be... I mean, she... Yeah, she's running really fast right now. She's one of the gold medal favorites. She's been running insane times for the last two three years. So it, it would be weird to say that a hurdler would beat her in this race. And, of course... Nasser... From Brunei. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. She's. Coming back from a. A, a while. Like she's had. A whereabouts issues. If I'm correct, That got her banned for a full year. So. Yeah. She's been gone for a while. She, she's a little rusty. But even with the, the rust. She's come back gradually. She was weighing what a 51. Something on a sub 52. When she first came into the scene. This year. And then she ran around a 52nd quarter mile, and now she's cut it down to already a whopping 49.78. Her personal best is one of the fastest quarter miles ever, 48.14. She's won gold in the 2019 IAAF World Athletic Championships. So she's a gold medal winner of a major event. Again, these two women, I have to put over McLaughlin on paper. It would be really disrespectful not to. <laughs> But at the same time, McLaughlin is a unicorn, so I wouldn't be surprised if she won this event. Overall, to me, these are top three women. I think this will be the top three finish overall. I don't know who wins, but if I were to pick a top three finish or pick anyone to win, it's between those three. Another event I'm looking at, the men's 100 meter dash. This one is interesting. No Fred Curley. So your overall favorite for gold in the 100 is probably not there. But you still got Lamont Marcel Jacobs. Finally. Finally coming to the big stage this season. I don't know if he's ran a single time this year yet. I know he has indoor. I know he's been battling with injuries for the last two years. But he's finally here. All right. You got him, you got Noah Lyles, the overall favorite in 200-meter dash. Who, kn- like I said before, how fast he ran in 200, one of the two greatest 200-meter sprinters ever. He's now dabbling to the 100. And he's had accomplishments in the 100. He's won U.S. championships in the 100. So, yeah. At the same time, as fast as they're going, and they're going fast, you still got Ferdinand Omanyala from Kenya. If I'm correct, has the world leading time, so he's no slouch, and the only guy who's lost to in a race is Fred Curley, who's overall not runaway but pretty close to runaway favorite to win Golden 100 this year. And there's another guy that no one's talking about right now. Let's tobogo. Hope I'm pronouncing that right from Botswana. This man is a junior athlete, if I'm correct. He's a year older than Arian Knighton, but he's putting up insane times, too. He's got a sub-10-second 100-meter dash personal best. And how he runs, it runs so smooth. Like, it seems like he's not even trying. His second half is also very strong, like, almost scary strong. So, probably the second best finisher. Well, Lamont's a very good finisher, too. So, who knows? Overall, like, Noah and Lamont, Marcel Jacobs, and Ferdinand Omanyala are the three favorites. Overall, I... The dark horse is Let's Sile, But if I were to pick a winner, I'd probably go with Ferdinand Omanyala from Kenya. Noah Laos hasn't ran a lot of 100s lately. He's fast enough to win a 100, but he hasn't ran a lot in that event. Lamont hasn't ran at all lately because he's been battling injuries. And I think right now, at this point, Ferdinand's faster than Let's Seeley. So, I'm going to go with Ferdinand as the winner in the 100. So, yeah, that was my uh, my two big picks in Shacker Field coming tomorrow. Yeah, that's uh, that's it for today's episode. Um, I have a big one I'm looking at doing in regards to something that just happened. Uh, the Big Ten, Just Revealed, is there a new uh, permanent rivals and future schedules for all their teams from 2024 and 2025, including the new teams, UCLA and USC. So I have something big I've been thinking about doing for a while now. It involves conference realignment. It's really just a fantasy thing. It's uh, what I think conference realignment should be, or at least like just a fun thing I was dabbling with. But that's an upcoming episode, maybe the next episode, who knows. but uh for now, uh, that's it for today y'all and uh see y'all.